Last time, we looked at a defective view of faith, which was the idea that faith is a kind of non-cognitive, irrational, and emotional activity that's entirely distinct from and even in opposition to reason. And we also briefly considered a much better definition, a much better conception of faith that accords with our ordinary common sense usage, that faith is belief based on the authority and testimony of another. In this episode, we're going to take a deeper look at faith by analyzing it further as a natural and rational mode of human knowing. In order to help us situate the idea of faith, it will be helpful to provide a brief taxonomy of the various ways in which we know things. There are basically three ways that we know anything. The first way that we know things is by sensation. We know things that are evident to our senses. Much of our knowledge is the result of our direct experience with things in the world. Beings in the world impress themselves upon our senses, and by means of our rational powers, we're able to abstract the intelligible nature of things. The second way in which we know things is by a kind of intellectual sight or vision. We know things that are evident to our reason. And here I'm thinking of our natural grasping of the first principles of being and logic and the knowledge of things derived from those principles. For example, by the light of reason, we can just see with our minds the truth of the principle of causation, that whatever begins to exist has a cause. And we can see, again, with our minds, the truth of the law of non-contradiction, that a thing cannot be and not be at the same time and in the same sense. We all possess an intellectual sight that allows us to see with our minds first principles like these. And these principles don't have to be learned. They're, again, just seen to be true by the mind. Uh, for example, once we understand the meaning of the word part and the meaning of the word whole, our intellects immediately see that the whole must be greater than the part. And once we understand the meaning of the word square and the meaning of the word circle, our minds just see that there cannot be any such thing as a square circle. Now, it's not just first principles that are evident to our minds. What follows from these principles by means of demonstration and argument can also be evident. For example, we can just see by the light of reason that if all men are mortal, and if Socrates is a man, then Socrates is mortal. And we can just see by the light of reason that if everything that begins to exist has a cause, and the universe is something that begins to exist, then the universe has a cause. And the third way in which we can know things is by receiving knowledge from an external source. We know things that are believed on the testimony of others. And as we saw last time, much, maybe even most of what we take ourselves to know is based on the testimony of someone else. And unlike the first two ways of knowing, belief based on testimony is not a kind of seeing. It's neither a physical nor intellectual sight. Rather, it's grounded in trust, the trust that we place in another's authority. 
it's this mode of knowing that we call faith. Now, speaking of faith in this way, as a mode of human knowing that is based on external testimony, rather than on a kind of internal sight, may seem to normalize faith in a way that drains the concept of its profundity and, and even of its sacredness. There just seems to be something more to Christian faith than this. And indeed there is. In another episode, we're going to see that there's a very important way in which Christian or, or theological faith in particular is distinct from this ordinary kind of faith. There's something unique, uh, something special about the kind of faith that is a theological virtue. But here I want to say a bit more about faith considered as a normal human mode of knowing in general. If you're a Christian believer, much of what you know about God is based on testimony, the testimony of Scripture. Christians believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that God is, in some sense, its author and its source. So when the Christian believes what he reads in the Bible, he's believing something that is based on the witness and authority of God himself. We believe what the Bible says because we trust in the authority of its author. And for those who believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, this is an entirely rational and reasonable thing to do. If it can be reasonable to place your faith in a fellow human being, and as we have seen, it certainly can be, then a fortiori, it is reasonable to place your faith in the trustworthiness of God. We rightfully trust the witness of our fellow fallible human beings every day. How much more rational are we when we place our trust in the witness of God himself? Now, of course, you may be asking, how do we know that the Bible is God's word? Well, this is an important question, the critical question, and it's one we'll address later on. The question I want to focus on here is this. Must we take all of our Christian beliefs on faith? In other words, must everything that we believe as Christians come from our trust in the authority of God's witness in Scripture? To put the question a different way, can we know truths about God only through the mode of faith? Or can we come to know something about God by means of what is evident to our sense and reason? Many in the long tradition of Christian thought have insisted that we can, in fact, know at least some of the things that are revealed in Scripture through the light of reason and our knowledge of the natural world. For example, the great medieval theologian and philosopher Thomas Aquinas taught, quote, there's a twofold mode of truth in what we profess about God. Some truths about God exceed all the ability of the human reason, such as the truth that God is triune. But there are some truths which the natural reason also is able to reach. Such are that God exists, that he is one, and the like. In fact, such truths about God have been proved demonstrably by the philosophers, guided by the light of natural reason." End quote. Aquinas says that there are some truths revealed to us in the Bible that we can also come to know by the use of human reason alone, and entirely apart from the witness of Scripture. In fact, he says that the philosophers, and here he's referring to the Greeks like Plato and Aristotle, have themselves proved things that are true about God and the world purely by the use of reason. Now, what are some of the things that we can come to know through the light of reason alone? 
Well, Aquinas mentions here the fact that God exists and the fact that he is one. So we can demonstrate, according to Aquinas, the truth of monotheism. Elsewhere, he also argues that by the light of reason, we're also able to discover some general ethical truths about what is right and wrong, about what is good and evil. But how does this work? How does reason come to know truths about God apart from Scripture? Well, Aquinas continues. He writes, quote, Beginning with sensible things, our intellect is led to the point of knowing about God, that he exists, and other such characteristics that must be attributed to the first principle. There are, consequently, some intelligible truths about God that are open to human reason. End quote. So we can come to know truths about God by beginning with the sensible things in our experience. And by the light of the intellect, we work on what is evident to the sense, and we can then reason. And we reason from the creation as an effect to the creator as cause. In this way, we can come to know some things about God, but certainly not everything. As Aquinas makes clear, there, there are things that have been revealed to us about God in Scripture that we could never come to know on our own, because he says, quote, Some truths about God exceed all the ability of the human reason. Truths that, he says, absolutely surpass its power, end quote. Not everything that's been revealed to us about God in the Bible is open to human reason. There are some things about God that are simply beyond the power of human reason to come to know on its own. And here Aquinas is thinking about truths that can't be deduced by the mind working from sensible reality, but that had to be revealed to us by God himself. For example, as Aquinas notes, we could never come to know by means of human reason alone that God exists as a trinity. This had to be revealed to us. Uh, we could also never have come to know, by the use of reason alone, some of the aspects of God's sovereign plan. Uh, for example, that God the Son would become incarnate in Jesus Christ. So there's many things that we can know about God and His ways only through faith, only by the mode of faith. In order for us to know these things, God had to reveal them to us because they are beyond the reach of reason alone. Recall our taxonomy of knowledge. We said that of the three ways in which we come to know things, two ways are evident to us, and one is a matter of trusting the testimony of others. We can now see that when it comes to certain truths that are contained in Scripture, some must be believed by faith on the authority of God, and others may be known by faith or may be known by reason. This means that it's possible for two people to believe the same truth that is revealed in Scripture under two different modes of knowing. The philosopher can, for example, use what is evident to his senses and what is evident to his reason, and by carefully working from the effects back to the cause, can come to see, by the light of his intellect, that God exists. And because his belief is based on a demonstration of reason, it won't be a matter of faith for him. It will be a matter of the deliverance of reason. Now, someone else may believe the very same truth, that God exists, but believe it solely based on the testimony of Scripture. Now, in this case, the person's belief would be one of faith, since it's grounded in the witness of God in the Bible. 
Again, Aquinas is helpful here. He writes, quote, it is possible for something that is seen or known scientifically or through principles or demonstration by one individual to be taken on faith by another individual. For instance, we hope to see what we take on faith about the Trinity. This vision is already seen by the angels, and so they see what we take on faith. Similarly, even in the state of the present life, it is possible for something that is seen or known scientifically by one man to be taken on faith by another man who does not know it demonstrably, end quote. What Aquinas says here reinforces the important distinguishing characteristic of faith as a mode of knowing. Faith concerns that which we cannot see for ourselves. As the writer of Hebrews says, quote, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Since we can physically see what is evident to our senses, and since we can intellectually see what is evident to reason, neither form of knowing can be properly considered as faith. In this life, much of what we believe about reality in general is taken on faith. Our belief is based on our trust in human authorities. The same is true when it comes to much of what we believe about Christianity. Our belief is based on our trust in the authority of God. But this is not always how it will be for us. One day, God's presence will become evident to us, and our faith will give way to sight. This is what Paul seems to suggest when he writes, quote, Now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love." End quote. On this side of heaven, we must live in faith and in hope, but we look forward to a day when our faith will become sight and when our hope will become reality, leaving only an abiding and eternal love.